What if I told you that as believers, we are being saved? Would you think I was crazy or would you be able to say, yes, I do believe that? Because that is a question that I hope to answer today is, are we being saved or are we already saved? Now, you may say that doesn't matter, but I think it matters more than you know. So stay tuned. This episode of the Doctrine Matters podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of the Doctrine Matters podcast. And as you likely heard in the intro, we are going to be answering a question today is as believers, are we already saved or are we being saved? Now, you may think that that's crazy. You may think that I've lost my mind, but I hope you stay with me here as we go through a a couple of scriptures. And what really prompted this is I was talking to my wife this morning and she had a conversation with someone yesterday and started talking about the word sanctification. And the person that she was talking to had never heard of sanctification, didn't understand what it was or know what it was. And when she heard about what sanctification was, she was very intrigued and and wanted to know more. So it struck me that many people are living as Christians, but not many people know and understand many of the doctrines in the scriptures. And that's one of the things that we want to do here is try to help you understand doctrine from the Bible so that it can help strengthen you in your faith and encourage you and help you learn and be able to take what you've learned and put that into practice. So we, or I am going to answer the question today, hopefully, are we saved as believers or are we being saved? Let me just tell you what I believe. I believe the answer is yes and yes. As believers, we are saved, but I also believe that we are being saved, and I'm going to uh, share my screen with you here just for a second because I think it's important when we think about the idea of being saved and uh, what we're talking about there because that really matters. So let me just say this before I share my screen for those of you who are watching. This is something that I want to tell you as we go through this episode As believers, we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. So those are the three things I want you to think about as we move through some text here. And let me just say, if you want to grab a Bible, you can go ahead and grab a Bible. We're going to look at Romans chapter 8. That's going to be primarily the place that we stay just for this brief episode. But we have been saved, we are being saved, and will be saved. And I'm going to show you some words that kind of link those three phrases together. And uh, when we think about the order of salvation, this is where this is really coming from, is the order of salvation. Now, I realize that there are a mixture of folks that might watch this, and there are a lot of you and and, and even more, that some that would disagree and even more of you that would agree. So I don't know where we land on the order of salvation, also called the Ordo Salutis, but this is a great picture of the Ordo Salutis or the order of salvation 
if you will, by Tim Challies. And uh, again, when I say that we may disagree here on the order of salvation, you may see the very first word down there at the very bottom of this, the word election. Uh, we're not going to get into election on this episode of the podcast, but we uh, I do believe that the Bible teaches the doctrine of election. Again, if you disagree with me, that's fine, as long as you believe that salvation is by grace through faith and not of yourselves, not of works, so that no man can boast. We can still be partners together in the gospel ministry. So you don't have to believe election and uh, vice versa. So uh, I, I don't even want to get into election, and, and I don't really want to get into calling as much, but I do believe there's an external call and an internal effectual call uh, but then we see regeneration. This is the the being made new or born again, if you will, being uh, the rebirth that uh, is talked about in John chapter three with Jesus and Nicodemus. A man must be born again. And this is that regeneration process that happens internally brought on by the Holy Spirit that that God does through us and changes us and causes us to be born again. Then there, then there is this conversion. And you see on this, if you're watching it, there's a, a turnaround thing. This is a conversion of turning from what we once know knew as living in our lives, is knowing sin and giving ourselves to these things. And now we're converted to Christ. So we turn around and give ourselves to the things of God, to the scriptures and things of like. But then here we get into one of the words that is going to begin to link these three phrases together. Remember, I told you we are being saved. We are, I'm sorry, we have been saved. We are being saved and we will be saved. So this first word that, that really captures the phrase we have been saved is justification. This is God declaring us not guilty or God declaring us righteous. So that happens at the moment of salvation, when regeneration happens, all of these things, we've been justified. We have been declared by God to be not guilty because we are all guilty before a holy and perfect God. We've all sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God because of our sin, the Bible teaches us. So before we are justified, we are in line to receive his wrath. And when we are justified, declared righteous, declared not guilty, we are now positionally aligned out from underneath God's wrath because we've been declared not guilty. Now, this declaration of not guilty only happens through the shed blood of Christ. Christ and the work that he did on the cross is what causes anyone to be declared not guilty. And when we're born again, and we turn from our sin and put our faith in Christ, we are justified, set apart, and we have been saved in that moment. But here's where, for years, I even thought this, that it was kind of like I'm saved, that's it, that's all we do, until I started really learning doctrine and theology. Because when we are justified, when we have been saved, set apart, we have been set apart unto something, Right? So this is the beginning process. Once you are saved, now you have a lifelong process in front of you. And that links the next word we see here. We're going to skip over adoption, and then we're going to see, if, you, if you're watching, you'll see the word sanctification. Now, when we are positionally aligned out from under the wrath of God, we've been positionally set apart. We've been justified, and we are now called to something. We must do something. There is another process that takes place now. 
And this is the word that uh, was presented to this person last evening, and they didn't know what sanctification was. And that's okay, because you may not know what sanctification is. And essentially, it's being set apart, right? We have been set apart, justified, now unto holiness. And that is essentially what sanctification is, is we are linking uh, now sanctification and holiness together. There are words that are so close together. So now this we are being saved phrase is coupled together with the word sanctification. So now we have a starting point in our justification, and now we have this moving along in our life to be holy to become holy. That means now that we are turning from our sin, we're repenting of sin, we're uh, trusting Christ, our faith is in Christ, we're living in a manner worthy of our calling, the Bible tells us, and we are becoming more like Christ and should be if we're true Christians. Now, this is where we have to have a small conversation. If your life looks nothing different than it did before you got saved, then you likely are not a believer. You've likely never been regenerated. You've likely never been converted or justified, declared not guilty. You likely are still guilty if you still look and act and sound just like the way you did before you, quote unquote, got saved. So if uh, your life looks no different, then you have an issue, and that's a hard issue, that you need to be looking at deeply and really praying and and searching and seeking after God to truly save you because sanctification is the fruit of the life of a Christian. And what do I mean by that? Your life is going to look completely different than it was before we were given the sin, whether it was, whether your life was, um, one of those that was, you know, I was a crack addict and, and hooked on meth and drank every day and and spent a thousand dollars a day on my habits and whatever. And then God you know, graciously and and miraculously saved me, or your testimony is that of I was just a sinner in need of a savior. You know, I don't have any huge sins to speak of, but either way, now, regardless of what that looks like, you have to do something. The fruit now of your life looks like the good works that God has called you to, and that is to be patient, love, loving, gentleness, kindness, um, self-control. You can look at Galatians chapter 5 and see fruit of the Spirit. So when the Spirit lives in you, then that that He is working in you to produce holiness, and you will see that because you will look more like Christ each and every day. Now, if you're not looking more like Christ each and every day, again, that is something that you need to really look at and start to um, really search your heart about. But that process of sanctification is the we will be saved or are being saved. Excuse me. We are being saved That's sanctification. And then we skip over here on the order of salutus or order of salvation. We see perseverance. And then we see this final word up at the very top. It's called glorification. This is the part that says we will be saved. So this is when we stand before God and, and Jesus intercedes on our behalf again, saying, this one's mine. And then we enter into eternity, the new heavens, and new earth. We will be perfect. Uh, there will be a perfection about us in our new resurrected bodies. There'll be no more sin, no more suffering, no more heartache, no more tears, no more pain, you name it. Anything that is bad and negative in this world, it will not happen anymore. Our salvation then will be complete. 
So our salvation has a starting line and a finish line. Really, the starting line when we say that we are saved is justification. The race now is we are being saved, sanctification, and the final point, the where we're where the finish line is, is glorification. We are saved. So think about it like a race or even uh, let's use the race as we just did. There's a starting line and a finish line. And the starting line is when we become a Christian, the finish line is the day we stand before before God in judgment and we enter in uh, to eternity in the new heaven and new earth. That's the finish line and that's glorification. So justification, sanctification, glorification, and it takes time to get there. As long as God has given us on this earth, that process of sanctification should still be ongoing. Justification is a one-time thing. You don't get justified over and over and over. Once God has set you apart and called you unto holiness and declared you not guilty and righteous, then that is a one-and-done type thing. There is no more justification for you. You have been justified. Now that sanctification happens. So when we think about sanctification in the process of being made holy— we have to understand that it's not just God who makes us holy. We have to do good works in that, too. We have to be obedient to the scriptures. We have to put off sin. We have to do the things that God has called us to do, walk in a manner worthy of our calling, because the spirit can be quenched. We can neglect to be obedient to the scriptures, and we can live in sin. And if we're living in a season of sin, we're not progressing forward in our sanctification or becoming holy or becoming like Christ because you can't become like Christ when you're living in sin. So we can do things that would stop that sanctification process for a season, but true believers will repent of that, get out of that, and then seek to live in a manner worthy of their calling moving forward. And in so doing, they are becoming more and more like Christ. And then finally, as mentioned, glorification, this whole thing's over. All things are made new. You are in your glorified body, and it is all said and done. There's nothing left but worship from that point on. So let me look at some scripture with you to help you understand this. Again, salvation is not a one-and-done type thing. It's a process that ends in glory. Uh, But let's look at uh, Romans chapter 8. I told you we'd be there if you had your Bible and wanted to grab one. Romans chapter 8, and and we're going to start in verse 28 here and just uh, read what the Bible says here. And uh, this is likely a verse that you have heard a lot if you're a believer. And if you've been in churches that, that preach the word, you've likely heard these verses. But let me just read Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 28. It says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, and that's where we could get into talking about the doctrine of election and predestination and those things, but again, uh, I'll save that for another another day if that's something that you're interested in hearing more about. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. That is the sanctification process. Those who he called, those that he um, foreknew, those that he predestined, he is chosen them to be conformed to the image of his son. That is sanctification, being made holy, being made like Christ, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, 
he also justified. There's our first word we were really talking about. He justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. So right there in these just few passages of Scripture, we see justification, sanctification, that part being made in the image of God or in the image of his Son. And then we see glorification. So the beautiful thing about this is, if we were to look on the eternity side, if we were to see things the way God sees them, we have been justified, declared not guilty. We are already sanctified in eternity. We are already glorified in eternity. However, we don't live in eternity now. We are in the here and now and the already not yet. So we have some things to do. We have some things that we need to work on. So we work on these things. We will go through this life, these ups and downs and hills and valleys and storms and all of these things that take place in our lives. We deal with them. We go through them, but we go through them as believers with the power and the help of the Holy Spirit living within us. The Bible is clear that everyone whom has been justified, everyone who has repented of sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells that person. The deposit of our inheritance, our guarantee, You can read that in Ephesians chapter 1 if you want to read about that. But we all as believers have the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit that helps us be made holy, and it's the Holy Spirit that pushes us and helps us obtain that glorification that we so so desperately long for, if you're like me, on this side of eternity. So right here, just in these few verses, we see what part of that golden, or it's called the golden chain, uh, but we see part of that order of salvation that we were just looking at on the screen. We see that predestination, that foreknowledge. We see the calling. We see the justification, the sanctification, and the glorification. So we can, from the Bible, clearly say, I think, that yes, salvation is a process. We are being, we have been saved. Absolutely. If you're in Christ, you have been saved. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But salvation, according to the scriptures, in my opinion, now, if you would like to tell me differently what you believe and what you think from these scriptures, you can feel free to do so. Uh, I'd love to have that conversation. But I, I see that salvation is a process that lasts until we reach that final glorification. Paul also in the book of Philippians, tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. If salvation weren't a process, then we wouldn't have to work anything out. It's already been worked out for us, right? But we do live in the already not yet. We are becoming more like Christ or should be as believers. So we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that we should be obedient to what God has said and forsake the things of the world. This is what's going to make us holy. When we are obedient to God, obedient to his word, the spirit works in us, making us more like Christ as we forsake sin and forsake the world and seek Christ. And then one day this thing is all going to be made brand new. Sin is going to be done away with. Uh, We are going to have resurrected bodies. There's going to be no more evil on this world. Can you imagine no more evil, no more school shootings, no more divorces, no more adultery, no more lying, no more stealing, nothing, no more disobedient kids. All will be made new, and we will live with Christ for eternity. So you may be wondering, why does this matter? It matters because 
we are in Christ. It matters because many people think that they get saved and they sit on their couches and do nothing. They wait on God to do it all. I've heard a lot of people say, well, God will sanctify me. God will do this for me. I'm just going to let go and let God. I understand many times when somebody says, let go and let God, I think they mean well. But what is troubling about let go and let God is that it, it, it doesn't push us to do anything. It gives us a pass to be comfortable in our Christianity. And I, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that we work from salvation, which means when we're saved, it's time to go to work. It's time to do things. It's time to put off this old self, put on the new self, and be obedient to Christ. Set our gaze on heavenly things. Set them upward. Set them on Christ so we can do the things that God has called us to do. So when we think about salvation being a process, we have to remember that there are things that God calls us to that we just can't sit by and say, well, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. No, we have to do. We have to do things that God has called us to do as believers. We have to get out and evangelize. We have to get out and pr preach the gospel, proclaim the gospel. We have to go love people, serve people, pray with people, care for people. We have got to be obedient to the scriptures and not do certain things. We have to flee sexual immorality. We have to not lie, cheat, steal, or be mean just to be mean. We have to watch our words now. So to think that it doesn't matter that salvation is a process is simply to say, well, I just don't want to have to do any work. I don't want to have to do anything. Somebody else will do it. God will do it. The Spirit will do it, whatever. It's all going to be taken care of in the end. That's true, but that's not right. That's not what God has called you to do as believers. He has called you to be obedient to him. Whatever the Bible says, we do. Whatever the Bible says not to do, <laughs> it's not that difficult. We don't do it, right? So, yes, it's important to understand that salvation is a process, but we don't want to add this salvation being a process as some sort of thing that we tack on your back that you can't obtain. You can't obtain salvation. That's all by the grace of God. So if he has saved you, guess what's going to happen? The Spirit is going to work in and through you to be able to do the things that God has called you to do. So we don't even do them in our own strength. We do them by the power of God living inside of us. So we don't get these extra things that we have to put on our back, but they are freeing things that we get to do by the power of God within us. So if you're truly saved, sanctification is not going to be a burden. Sanctification is going to be something that you long for, that you are working to achieve because you want to please God. You don't want to be part of the world anymore. You don't want to live in sin. You want to please and honor God and exalt Christ with your life. Are you going to fail? Yes, but you're going to repent of that failure, get back up and move forward in your walk with Christ. So um, you will have those desires. And then one day, what we're all striving for is that finish line. When we stand complete, when we stand fully glorified, perfected in Christ. I love uh, the way that I, my brain thinks about this is if we were to take, um, I've got a cup of coffee here, but if I were to take a full cup of coffee and then I take another cup of coffee, I'm a coffee 
alcoholic here. This is a, yeah, I've got coffee cups everywhere because I I love drinking coffee. Black, by the way, got to be black. Uh, If you don't drink black coffee, then that's okay. We, I still love you. But let's just think about this and and just simple. My brain thinks elementary a lot of times. And some of y'all that are watching probably say, yeah, amen. I know, I know you. And uh, yes, you do think in elementary terms sometimes, but it helps me. So let's just say this is us. This coffee cup, it's it probably looks black to you, but it's like a dark navy blue. I like the color, but uh, let's just say this is us. Let's just say it's empty, right? And uh, this is our life now. We have been justified. We have been set apart. We have been called unto holiness. We have been called to conform to the image of Christ. In this cup, let's just say that uh, this is holiness in this cup. This is us. This is Christ. This is what Christ looks like. This is what it should look like. It's full. This one's empty. But as we live our lives, as we are obedient to the scripture, if we were to take this and pour it in, which I'm not going to do just because there's some old coffee in this one and uh, I'm actually drinking this one still. But if we were to take this full one and pour it in, we would start to look more like this one on the inside, right? Pour a little more. Maybe we maybe we fall. Maybe we live in sin for a week or two or maybe a month. And we have this season where what the old Baptist folks used to say, backsliding time, and uh, we need to come back to Christ and, and get back in his word, and then we're filled up and filled up and filled up. And now, once we die and once Christ returns, we stand complete, full, perfect, no more. We're not empty. We're not living like the world anymore. We're not living like our old self. We're living and through our life, we've been made holy, and now we stand perfected. And that is what we are called to do as believers, is to be made holy so one day we can stand glorified and live forever with our King. So yes, salvation is a process. A process that we must take seriously. A process that we must look forward to. A process that takes work. A process that matters. And a process with great reward. I want you to remember those terms, justification, sanctification, and glorification. Hopefully, I've been able to lay it out clearly for you. If you have questions, feel free to comment those. If you have any other comments, feel free to comment those as well. And uh, let me know what you think. I always love to hear from you. I I, I hear from some folks sometimes through comments, and I hear from text messages and emails. And I just love to hear from you, and especially if this has been beneficial. So, yes, we have been saved as believers, and yes, we are being saved. We have been saved, justified. We are being saved, sanctification, and we will be saved, justification. We're running this race, the race that is methodical, a worship-filled race that has bumps and bruises along the way, but a great reward awaiting at the end. Thank you for listening, and until next time, God bless.